0: Yeah.
1: and we will have irreconcilable differences god created us god created us that way so let's not try to reconcile our differences let's try to celebrate them amen because each difference represents a different shade of who god is that's right
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Brian Klein, and I'm excited to share with you this week a three-part podcast series from Carney to the World, Chicago. We are going to uh, visit with one of our longest partnerships as a church called the Circle Urban Ministries and Rock of Our Salvation Church, the inner city of Chicago in the Austin community. For our, we've been partnered with them for 35 plus years, and many of you have supported, prayed gone on a week trip and maybe even just heard about this for the first time. We're inviting you to hear the heart of these men, James Borshade and Pastor Robert uh, Stevenson. We want these podcasts to um, not only be as informative for you, but to help us all in the times to hear about the Kingdom work in the black community, hear the challenges and the impact that 2020 is having with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Chicago. This three-part series will begin with Brother James Borshade of Circle Urban Ministries. And part two will be our with Pastor Rob Stevenson, the rock of our Salvation Church. And the very last uh, part of the podcast, part three, is going to be a, a roundtable discussion uh, with the uh, forum with Pastor Adrian, Pastor Rob, and myself as we uh, become greater together in our times of division um, as, as churches and in partnership. So let's... Uh, first, start with Pastor Borshay and the Circle Urban Ministries.
1: So, what is Circle Urban Ministries? The best Circle Urban Ministries is a community development organization. That is the that's the most um, succinct way that I can put it. We're an asset-based community development organization, which means we come into a community. We look for the assets in the community. How do we highlight what's working well? And then how do we help uh, strengthen what may seem weak? Mm-hmm. And so we, we find underutilized assets in the community. We take, a, take those assets, rehabilitate those assets with, in partnership with others in the community. And then we work with other nonprofit organizations, churches, schools, et cetera, to bring social services into the community that accentuate what we believe the kingdom is. And from there, we take the resources from those partnerships and reinvest it into community community development uh, with programming, for example, programming like after-school programs food pantries, uh, crisis intervention, housing and development, and those types of things, So, and teen ministries and teen programs. So we take the revenue that we receive through our partnerships and reinvest it back into the community. Uh, And we've been doing that for 45 years. Circle Urban Ministries has renovated more than 500 properties in the Austin neighborhood. Circle Urban Ministries has helped launch other ministries within uh, throughout not just Chicago but around the world, we have helped launch uh, CCDA. We've helped launch Breakthrough Urban Ministries. We've helped launch other munis- ministries like that. Many ministries has taken the Circle Urban model mm-hmm. and gone ahead and used that model to launch other to launch other ministries. So I'll pause here for thoughts or questions.
0: Yeah, that's that's great, uh, um, brother brother James. So. Was it Glenn K. Ryan was the founder of Circle Urban, is that correct?
1: Yes, Glenn was the founder of Circle Urban Ministries 1974. Uh, Imagine a young white brother who would would probably at the time identify as a hippie coming into a a predominantly black community with 19 of his friends and saying, look, we're going to move into the community. We want to help. Um, so in the, in the original group that came into the into the Austin community, you had a doctor, you had a lawyer, you had an educator, you had healthcare provider, and that launched the staple of the of the pillars that are circle urban Ministries today so you 'll see to, to identify a circle urban ministry style um, intervention you 'll see a parachurch or a, a ministry like circle. You'll see the a-, a church where on our campus you'll have Rock of Our Salvation. Mm. You'll see a school, an education arm, which is Catalyst Circle Rock. You'll see a healthcare facility, which is PCC Wellness uh, currently. And you'll see a, either a law firm or something of that nature here, which we had Chicago Legal Clinic on the campus for 30 plus years. We also have ancillary ministries, cluster tutoring, women of self-love, uh, Young Life, University Christian Fellowship, and things like that. So we're a partner-based organization.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I'm going to read a, a little statement on page 41 of the book, uh, Breaking Down the Walls, that uh, uh, Glenn K. Ryan said, is says, as part of the problem, I could no longer dismiss the predicament of the black community as someone else's responsibility. Uh-huh. And, and then that's when he came in. He says, I came close to reaching a conclusion that either my faith made sense and would help me live out a faith-driven ethic that dealt with things like injustice, poverty, and racism, or it was, as my cousin cl- concluded, just a joke. But there was no burning bush to guide me. I didn't know what to do. I began a journey searching for the way. And then that's where he ended up in Austin community. And God uh, did a work there. So, James, could you share with us, you know, just that whole aspect? I mean, I I, I envision Glenn K. Ryan and Raleigh, Washington. Here's a white brother and here's a black brother. And they're partnered together to do a ministry in in the the Austin community of a black community and wanting to make a difference. And I think in the book, it says many of the, the people in the community were waiting for uh, Glenn, uh, to move out, that he was just going to be kind of a uh, dash in, dash out type of guy. And he said, no, I'm staying here. I'm living with you. I'm doing life with you. I'm, I'm breaking the, the, uh, the barrier of, of what that is, because I want to learn from um, my brothers and sisters in the black community. So share with us a little bit of how... You know, this has been an interesting year, 2020. We've had COVID, and, and then we've had the racial tension that has surfaced throughout this year and really been consuming us all in, in so many different ways. Can you share with us a little bit about how, you know, the COVID and then the racial uh, tension and, and all of that, um, how has that affected your ministry at Circle Urban? What, what has that, how's that affected the whole ministry overall? What's happening in your community? What we can learn here in small city, Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, in knowing how to care for you and love on you guys and
1: walk with you in this. So COVID, I'll start with COVID. It impacted the Austin community very differently than it would impact other uh, communities or more affluent communities. When you, whenever you're dealing with a pandemic or whenever you're dealing with trauma or crisis, it impacts people with less resources more so than it would, uh, uh, exponentially more than it would impact people who have the resources and the means to pivot and adjust. Yeah. For example, um, I live in, in Bolingbroke, Illinois, where the school systems, first day of school, they get tablets and laptops sent home with them. But when COVID hit in our Austin community, where we work and minister every day, you had to scramble to find electronics and and, and technology to help pivot in the direction that more affluent communities live in on an ongoing basis. So what COVID did was it put a spotlight on the disenfranchised. It put a spotlight on the systemic racism. It put a spotlight on the, the the underfunded school systems. It put a spotlight on things that should have been done decades, or dare I say centuries ago. And so it, it shining that spotlight, organizations like Circle Urban Ministries, Rock Church, Catalyst School, we then have to dig deep, reach into our pockets, reach into our hearts, and And get in where we fit in, help where we can, serve where we can. That is difficult because, you know, we live out the. I I hate looking at it as a race issue. I think I I look at it as a believer versus a non-believer's issue. And just because you confess Christ doesn't make you a believer, Hmm. because a believer, in my opinion, is one who hears what he says, sees what he says, and does what he says. And so we have a. This is a believer versus a non-believer's issue. And if you are a believer then you try to help where you can. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do. And that's where COVID has sort of, it's, it's, sh- it's shined a spotlight. And what, what it's caused us to do as a ministry is caused us to close our doors to protect those who may not protect themselves. Mm-hmm. It's caused us to, to, because we have an older population, and so we have to be extremely careful when it comes to when it comes to what we're trying to do on the campus. We have to be, we have to be extremely careful. And so it's called us to close our doors to protect those who are in, who are within our ministry. And we have uh, no less than a thousand people that come to our campus on a daily, on a weekly basis. Our healthcare facility by itself serves 10,000 a year. Our school has 520 students. Our church has about 100 to 150 people. So we got about 1,000 people a week that come across our campus. The after-school program serves 100. The food pantry serves over 400 people each week. So we have to to shut down. The only thing that we kept open was our food pantry and our crisis intervention to help those. And we gave out masks. So we had to pivot and give out masks. We had to give out food. We had to give out hand sanitizer, things that you could walk into the store and just go pick up. Because if you remember, as soon as COVID hit, everybody, nothing was on the shelves anymore.
0: Right, right.
1: Now, it also highlighted the food desert, the food disparity that's in, that's in less affluent communities. So while I, we, there are 15 different stores we could go to try to choose to get toilet paper, fresh foods, in the Austin community, that doesn't exist.
0: Right. Yeah. And so
1: that was a struggle for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that, so share with us a little bit of how um, that, just the shortage of that, the opportunities, the availability of things. What? How were you able to meet the the community's needs in that way then?
1: So for us, we, we partnered with, so Circle is high on partnerships. We partnered with the Chicago Fellowship, which is a Christian organization in the Chicagoland area that does Bible studies on Friday mornings. People of faith get together to see how they can put their faith in action. Mm. Uh, and so we partnered with the Chicago Fellowship who provided funds for food, fresh, not just fresh food, but uh, food that was pre prepared for you already. So we gave out. We fed 3,000 individuals over the course of 10 weeks uh, in the the Austin community. We also gave out more than 3,000 masks and hand sanitizers to people who who were in need. Uh, And what it showed us, though, is that as a community, we band together and we do so quickly. We had state legislators, uh, people coming out just to see how can I how can I help? police officers where they're showing across the world, across the country where the black community and police officers are at war with one another but in the Austin community you saw the black, you black the black community and police officers coming together to see how we can help
0: that's awesome. how they
1: can, how how they can help one another that's things that you just don't see on the television because that doesn't make for good media right right
0: and and i would i would say uh, james uh, That's because there's been a long-standing shining light coming forth through Circle Urban. Been there in the community. You fought through some pretty tough times. Um, The community knows that you're there to love them, care for them, and uh, that's a testament to what you guys are doing, that the community can do that. Let's, Let's just shift a little bit, if you can, just for time's sake, and be able to talk a little bit. Um, share with us a little bit about, um, how things, um, are unfolding, um, in the Austin community and with your ministry in regard to, you know, the George Floyd situation and just the escalating of, of tension, um, in, within the black communities and and throughout the country, um, all the way around. So share with us a little bit, teach us some things about what, you know, we see it on the news, but we want to hear
1: it straight from your heart. Of what uh, what we can learn, okay, brother, so what I'll do is I'm going to, I'm going to yield that question to my good friend and pastor Pastor Robert Lewis Stevenson, who lives in the Austin community every day and, and lives out and can live out and show you what what is happening there. Um, I can talk about it from our ministry standpoint, but Pastor Rob, can you share more about what's happening in the Austin community from a tension standpoint?
2: So in terms of the day-to-day tension, so what has happened is the unrest Mm -hmm. in in our city, period, okay? And then when you have the unrest, you have the looting, you have the breaking in, the rioting, and what has happened with that, they have the lawlessness of that, they have focused on specific stores that they can use for themselves, you know, tennis shoes, clothing line, you know, you, you, you got your hair products. Um, and these stores that they came and looted was owners of folks who don't even live in a community at all. In mm-hmm. fact, those stores, there were a lot of those stores, when you walked in there, they had bulletproof glass. Oh, they actually had it set up as though they were in a pandemic, before the pandemic even happened.
0: Wow.
2: Really, I, I, I'm serious, like, you got this thing set up in this, this community like this, and you don't feel, the community don't even feel, you know, that they, you know, that's offensive to me, first of all. That's mm-hmm. very offensive. I can't spend my money in a place where you got bulletproof glass up there, right? None of them look like me at all. None mm-hmm. of the owners look, It just don't work. It just hadn't happened that way. And so now you have these stores are now, of course, and I can understand why they boarded up now and, and they have not came back to the community, which I totally understand that. Uh, but those who have, were able to get back on their feet they still have it boarded up, but they have a sign that says "We are open <laughs> for service," but you can't see in, you can't see in there, and they can't see out. Wow! And so it's an eyesore. It, yeah. It's really an eyesore. It's like a desert, man. And, and, and then some of the stores that they looted, where you have the senior citizens in the community who cannot commute. You know, to get their medicine, like people don't realize that these folks live month to month on prescription medicine, right? And, and and so it is it is very hard to see this and to live in this space, in this place, in this community today. Um, I am telling you, based on what Circle have done, giving out three thousand masks, it, you. you it's unreal, man, how people will come every Wednesday and expect a meal, mm-hmm. but you ought to see what they look like, okay? And the clothing they were wearing. And for some of the for some of the people, that's all the hot meal they got that week. Mm-hmm. Easy, you know. And so it, it is to me, it is almost like it reminds me not so much in what I see in open Iraq, but the, the the lifestyle of it. People are just wandering the streets, and it's unreal, man. The desert of Austin in some mm-hmm. of the pockets of the community because they have not pivoted, and the money that they receive from the stimulus. Oh my goodness, it's like it's gone. It's up in smoke, you know. I mean, a person have received a check for twelve hundred dollars from themselves and five hundred dollars for the kids. What do you think they're gonna do with it? They can't spend it in the community because the community been looted already. Yeah. yeah. You know. So yeah. So being a resident is is it's hard, you know. And the truth of the matter is I sometimes feel like I'm ready to move out of here mm-hmm. because I it's it, it's hurtful to see it. And um, it's every man for themselves at times. Yeah. So, Pastor
0: Rob, um,
2: help help me to
0: understand: Are there people that are coming into your community looting outside of the community, or is that happening within the community
2: itself? Well, I believe this: that it's people coming in the community to start it, to get what they want out of there and then the community come in and finish them off. Here's the reason why I say that. Because it's too calculated. It's too planned. They plan it too well where people would, they, they, they have police scanners in their cars. They know where the police is gonna be at. They know exactly where they're gonna be at. And believe it or not, it's only 15 to 16,000 polices in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so if they go downtown, to do a rioting downtown, guess what? The inner city, west side is a go. And so what I believe, because I've heard, you know, through just different people are talking, you have U-Haul trucks that pull up, you have people that that sits out there, they, you got a guy going to bust out the window, then you got other guys going to go in and get the safe, then the community going to come in and get the rest. It's very Calculated. It's not people so much in the community say, hey, we got a good idea. Let's go break in this store. No, no, no. Somebody else calculated, broke in the store. It's open. The police can't come because you done got 20 stores at one time. And then a downtown Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot is not gonna allow you to stay downtown to 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 continue that rage, you know, continue diluting downtown. So mm-hmm. the so the west side, the east mm-hmm. side, the north side are very vulnerable at that point. Okay,
0: thanks. Thanks for that, That that's really all. I appreciate you sharing it and giving us that perspective because I don't think we uh, always see that that way and stuff. So I appreciate that very much, Pastor Rob, uh,
1: James. And Pastor Rob, that was a perspective only you can give. So I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: yeah thanks. Yeah. So Brother James, if you could share with us a little bit um, on how uh, the whole circle urban um, ministry part, all that that you services you provide, all those kind of things that you offer for the community and people now being re- restricted because of COVID. And now all of a sudden you've got this, this the other communities just being looted and, and all of that. How has that impacted uh, how you do your ministry and has it increased? The demand of your ministry or has you or have you had to as you've said pivot and find other ways to help people navigate through um
1: a a situation like this it's a little bit of both and we've had to it's increased the demand for the ministry but it's increased the demand for specific parts of the ministry Um, so we've had to we we find ourselves dealing more with food Mm -hmm. dealing more with housing dealing more with unemployment because people are people have to make decisions between educating their kids at home, especially when you have young children, right. or going to work. Because yeah. when the schools are not open, the facilities are not open, the parks are not open, you there's no way for there's nowhere for young children to go. And what do you do when you're an essential worker? You work at maybe a grocery store, a gas station, a, a community store. What do you do when you work there and you have no place to send your children for the eight hours that you're working? Right. And so it's increased the demand in that regard. So we've had to help with food. We've had to help with shelter. We've had to help with unemployment. We've had to help people get their lives in order. So our crisis intervention is working nonstop. Uh, and so that is, that, that's, that's, that's a tough thing for us. So we've had to pivot in that direction
2: right.
1: more so than we would have in the past. So, because usually we were, we're after school, we've done after school, we've done team ministries and things like that. So our team ministry and our, and, and our work with children, we've done online. Um, we've done online. Our, our, our teens just competed in an online officer of the year type competition where they're pitching their business plans and business models against one another. But prior to that, they pitched against adults, and two of our te- two people from our program won against adults wow. in a citywide uh, business plan competition and so you see I think 2020 is teaching us to see clearly You're, we're learning to see people clearly, things clearly, God a little bit more clearly than, than we may have seen them in the past uh, and and learn who people are, what people are about, what ministries are about and move in that, move from there. So that's helped us do so. It's helped us folk narrow our, uh, narrow our vision to expand our, uh, to expand our focus more.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I I think for all of us, there's been different. uh, We just all have had to learn how to do ministry different, how to go about things in a different way. And, you know, you didn't learn, we didn't learn this in a classroom, and uh, it wasn't uh, uh, taught to us. And it really uh, has impacted me in being able to say, you know what, That's, it's not in a textbook, but it's, it's in totally relying on the leading of the Spirit of God and just trusting, trusting God to take us to do the ministry of what he's called us to do in the way he's wanted us to. To do it, so, yeah. Man,
1: sure. A couple of other things has done though. It's brought us closer together. Yeah. As a ministry, it's brought families closer together. Um. It, it. I don't know. I don't know how God has done it, but the distance has sometime, somehow made us closer. Mm. In some regards, um, it has. It has helped us understand who we can lean on, but it's also helped us understand who needs the shoulder to lean on it's also helped us reimagine what 2023 needs to look like what 2021 needs to look like it's helped us reimagine how we as an organization at circle do worship together it's just helped us reimagine all kinds of things yeah yeah
0: yeah well um you know james if you could just share um with our brothers and sisters here in Nebraska, um, here in Kearney. We've loved having you guys here, watching you ride four-wheelers, all that stuff out in the, uh, out in the, out in the dirt roads, all those kind of things. Um, but uh, help us to understand, if you could, just a few things that, that we could um, just be better at in our partnership with you and uh with your ministry and what what circle urban does and i'll uh i'll follow that up with with james as well in our in our next session but uh, so how can we pray for you better and how can we be more engaged um and become better in our partnership with you
1: so for us here at circle partnership is built on relationship uh and continuing to check on one another continuing to, uh, support one another, uh, from a friendship standpoint, um, from a familial standpoint as well. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily do fundraising. I do friend raising and funds come from that. Um, and so being, I think, and i'm not saying you all aren't good at this so let me make sure i say this clearly but what i try to tell all of my partners that we are focused on a circle is authentic love mm-hmm. just genuine love at its core um when i hurt you hurt when you hurt i hurt uh if something goes wrong, if something's happening in your family it's happening in my family so just love at its core right that is that is that that is where That is where we are. That that is what we are most looking for. Because here's the other thing to know: we at Circle we don't come in a we don't we don't come from a position of we want to take or receive and not give. We believe that we have just as much to give as we have to receive, and so understanding what that what that might be in our in our in our very own way. you all know me, I don't sell poor children. Um, I, you, you will never see me put on camera or video people that we work with or help um, because I was once a person who needed help. And so re- understanding also, what, one of the things that will benefit us is understanding also that the media has a larger game mm. and we're all a part of it. Yeah. And so not everything we hear about you is true and not everything you hear about us is true.
0: That's right, yeah. Yeah.
1: And we will have irreconcilable differences, God created us, God created us that way, so let's not try to reconcile our differences, let's try to celebrate them amen because each difference represents a different shade of who God is that's right that's right
0: man I, I, that's a that's a great way to end it, brother. I appreciate your time and uh thank thank you so much looking forward to moving forward with you and and uh and pastor rob in the circle urban ministries and rock of our salvation church and and just doing uh just growing in our relationship with you guys i hope you enjoyed the conversation with brother james of the circle urban ministries one of the things that i uh, really got out of that conversation with brother james was what he said hey you know what let's not always reconcile these differences let's celebrate the differences differences represent the different shade of who God is. What a powerful and insightful conversation that was with uh, James Borshade. Our next podcast will be a conversation with Pastor Rob Stevenson of The Rock of Our Salvation Church. And I'm telling you, you're going to look forward to listening to this conversation with Pastor Rob. So look forward to uh, uh, visiting with you and hearing uh, about Pastor Rob and The Rock of Our Salvation.